Welcome to Season 4 of the Powered by Rock Podcast. We'll bring you the best stories in rock music with a focus on highlighting independent rock musicians and their music from all over the world. No, rock music isn't dead. It's getting better and better. It's just time for you to start paying attention again. With that said, let's get this party started. The mountain's gonna rise and fall by me. Hello and welcome to the Power by Rock podcast. We're speaking with Tony Connor of the Pennsylvania punk band. I should say Pennsylvania. I'm kind of saying Pennsylvania. I don't know. Anyway, it's like a Spanish accent there for a second. Pennsylvania punk band 22 today. The band has previously re- released an EP called 505 Palomar Place in 2020, which came out just days into the pandemic, which was definitely a big deterrent to growing any band's visibility and fan base during that time. The band has a brand new batch of songs coming out this year i almost said ep because that's kind of like what i thought it was going to be but it's not uh their first single of these four songs is called the sound and it's just been released about three days ago i think so it's been just recently so and you can go check it out on your streaming platform of choice right now so if you're watching this on whatever you're watching it on go check out that song as well but you'll guess what you'll have a chance to watch it during this episode as well the song is high energy and rips in the skate punk genre, but with a slightly heavier sound, if you ask me. So, hey, Tony, welcome to the show. Hi, Isaac. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, yeah. I love the intro. That was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> a little long-winded, but sometimes it's necessary. <laughs> Always. <laughs> yeah, I got to build up. Got to build up the hype. I got to be somebody's hype, man, because I can't just sit here and talk about myself because I listen to podcasts where people talk about this stuff, and I'm like, I don't give a shit about you. Like, I tuned in <laughs> for the guest. Like, I don't care about what you're doing in your day. But yeah, (laughs) so yeah, (laughs) so let's talk about the short history of the band. Obviously, this band's been around for about four years. I think you guys got together in 2019, but you guys aren't obviously newcomers to punk rock music or bands in general. Um, And of course, obviously, as bad luck would have it, the pandemic hit pretty much right after you guys formed and started getting things Mm -hmm. going. So kind of how did that kind of work out? Obviously, you guys coming from different bands and working together, but then obviously getting together, getting excited and then having shit like that happen. So, you know, we, anybody who's, who's been in a band, who's done anything that they're proud of, you always have that lightning in a bottle feeling where you're like, let's do this. This is good. Let's, let's get this ready now. And that's exactly how we felt (laughs) in 2019 and so we've recorded. We uh, recorded with Pete Steinkoff from uh, Bouncing Souls uh, over in Jersey. It was a great experience. It, it was. It, we love the EP. We're happy with the product. We're ready to go. And we release it in March of 2020. Yep. <laughs> so right at the shutdown and everything just died. Yeah. Uh, You're like, oh, it only lasts a couple of days. It'll be fine. <laughs> you know, and of course, like everybody, we were hopeful about it. But yeah just rolled into itself so you know coming out of that was was pretty rough and not being able to practice for a while just for you know we were all kind of do what do we do yeah like everybody was so we just we took a break for a while and you know after some time had passed and we all felt a little bit more comfortable with it you know we're like all right let's get together if it's not every week it'll be every other week as long as everyone's feeling okay and you know we just kind of went from there and we were able to kind of bring life back to it again. So that was, that yeah. was a good feeling. I don't know how things were like in 
everywhere in the country, but here in Las Vegas, things really only shut down for about three months before they're like, well, we're going to have to reopen these casinos or else this town is going to go under. But what was it like? Like, how long did you guys kind of have to wait before you guys could make the decision to actually start practicing? And for most, I think most bands, it was pretty much at least a year before you could start playing shows again. Right. And, you know, our, our areas, they took that pretty seriously, even if they absolutely had to, you know, for yeah. fear of, you know, everything. So yeah. the scene literally felt like it actually died, you know, yeah. and, and for, yeah, like at least a good, maybe over a year, a little bit, um, you know, even though we were you know practicing since then, we had only played one show and it was that December of 2019. Yeah. It was our first and only show. And then everything happened. So when we were able to, to get everything going uh, back again, we started writing, um, you know, things started to hit again. Um, we did go through, you know, a lineup change. We did get a new guitar player. Uh, so we were reacclimating him to everything as well as, you know, feeling everything out as, in terms of what the band is now. And once everything kind of settled, you know, we're, we're starting to have that lightning in a bottle feeling again. So it's really exciting to, to be here now and have everything, you know, come out and, you know, so it, we, we feel it's the right time. Yeah. And I was just going to say, you know, imagine like, you know, how they always say like play every game, like it's going to be your last, it's like play every concert, like it's going to be your last. Cause it might be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I completely agree with that. I yeah. do try to play every show. Like, to, to that degree, you know, whether it's like 10 people or, or it's like 50 people or yeah. more, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm, you're still going to see the same me. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like bands that play like that, cause it, there are bands that like, Oh, well there's 30 people here. That's not that much. So I'm just going to play like however, and be pissed off about it or whatever. And it's like, they, they, when they have that attitude, then you already know that once they get to the point when they get to, you know, 2000, 3000 people, if they ever get to that point, they're, they're not, they're probably not going to get there because they're not going to change that attitude about how they perform for the people that are in front of them. No, no matter how many people are there, because it just never would be enough. Right. So like, I was just going to say it, it, they would never be happy. And for some people that's okay. They thrive on that. But yeah. like if it's 30 people, those are the best shows. Yeah. We just played a show over the weekend. It was, just, it was a small benefit, um, you know, for diabetes show. And it was amazing. It, it was one of the best shows we ever played. And that's, yeah because of who was there and you know what it was so i mean it was one of the two best shows you've ever played <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we've been pretty fortunate to um to to get on some really good shows now that you know things are up and running again yeah. um you know even you know this uh, with with the release of uh, of our song we we have uh two really awesome shows coming up uh this weekend actually yeah so that's, uh, I think this might come out slightly after the show's air or okay. the show's play, but uh, we're talking like June 16th or 15th or something like that is when you're- 16th and 17th. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, 16th is Kung Fu Necktie in Philly. Uh, 17th is Amway Yard um, with Merit. So it's going to be awesome. It's going to be really nice. Good. Yeah. So obviously, you know, getting a band together- when you're not 19 years old anymore, you're not in high school, something like that. It's a little interesting for, uh, you know, adult males to become friends, let alone become bandmates. So I'm always interested in asking this question because it happens, you know, a lot of the bands that I'm talking to are usually guys my age or, you know, 35 to 45 kind of era um, age group. And it's like, 
how do you even meet adult friends anymore? Like it's weird. Cause like, no, nobody hangs out anymore. Nobody goes to like the bars and nobody goes to the same scenes, but how did you guys get this band together? Like, I know you and Justin have actually worked together before, uh, but how did the whole band kind of come around? So, uh, yeah, pretty much me and Justin have, you know, just ironically become like a package deal in the last like three or four bands we've been in. Um, we just, we've always worked really well together. He's, he's my best friend, best man, my wedding He's my neighbor. Um, sounds like know, a real so, parasite. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, along with that, um, our other guitar player, Jason, who we, we've all been in bands with, um, you know, we've all just had kind of had that kind of, and Jason was in another band called your best regret with our bass player, Brian, um, who is, I never met and is an amazing bass player. Um, I've played with some really good bass players, but like Brian's easily the best. Um, so Justin brought it up to me. He was like, so, you know, I've been jamming with Jason again and, you know, we got this other guy, Brian, and, um, you know, we're looking to, um, we're looking for a singer. Is it something you want to do? And I'm like, well, you're asking me, of course I, I want to do it. So, um, I had actually quit the band I was in prior to uh, simply just try out for 22. Uh, there was no name or anything like that. And I came up to practice, uh, we jammed once or twice and it just kind of flew into place from there. The name came later. Um, honestly, I wasn't part of that conversation. I think it's a band reference. I don't remember what band, but um, <laughs> not like, much I, of the name. Don't ask me about the name cause uh, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I can tell you about the songs. I couldn't tell you about the name. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I mean, obviously, you, you, you guys have you know band members from like Man Overboard, Bangarang, uh, some of these other other, other bands, obviously. But uh, your best regret. And so, anybody, usually specifically East Coast, Philly, kind of New Jersey area, might know some of those bands. And um, you know, it's always interesting. Like, you know, do you continue keeping a current band around just because they kind of have a bit of a uh, a name? Or do you then go break off and try to do something new, which is kind of creatively more fun, but also a lot of work to try to, you know, get a new brand, a new band going, right? So have you felt like this is kind of like, man, starting from scratch is kind of a pain in the ass. Like I, maybe I should have done, not done this or something. I mean, I any band that I've ever been in, I always have that, oh, we're starting over, you know, and and. I never try to have unrealistic expectations for, for any of it. You know, I'm not looking to get rich. I want to play great music with my friends and play awesome shows. Yeah. You know, that's what I want to do. And that's kind of what I've always wanted to do with it. Um, yeah. That's just where I'm at with that. <laughs> yeah. I'd say if you're looking to get rich in a punk band, you missed the boat by about 25 years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But you can still have a lot of fun and absolutely play some good shows and, and do some cool stuff and even possibly tour the world. So that's always the kind of bonus stuff. Like just make enough to survive and you can actually do a lot of cool things. So Yeah. Um, so now I want to talk to you kind of about the, the the sound or the tone of the music because I'd mentioned it's kind of like a skate punk sound. Uh, I guess musically it's kind of got that, but I, I guess in vocal tone and even some of the guitar work, it kind of takes a little bit of a heavier or darker sound to it. So, um, you know, the, the first EP seemed to have a bit of an, I don't want to say angry tone, but a little bit more aggressive tone in the sense that the songs seem to be either written about particular people 
or, you know, frustrations with society, kind of that stuff. But what are you guys' mindset when you're writing these songs? I mean, obviously, are you are you writing all the lyrics or is the band kind of coming up with the songs together? And then will the new songs kind of be a continuation of that process? Right. So with the initial set of songs that we uh, did when I came in, they had about three or four pretty much ready to go. So I just threw words on top of it. Everything else after that, we were all kind of involved in, in writing the music, um, even just from a you know speech standpoint. Um, in terms of the lyrics, I, I do write all the lyrics. Um, and me and Justin work really well off of each other vocally. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And he, we've been recording with each other for a long time. So he, you know, he's, he's in the same mindset I'm in, in terms of, you know, what my lyrics mean. Like he, he understands, he gets me. I was going to say like, because, you know, naturally in like a skate punk sound, it's more, usually there's either it's like a political really politically referencing something, or it's kind of like, you know, party anthems or, you know, something just like kind of generic about relationships. But you guys yeah. kind of obviously, you, I think there's a bit of an elevated lyrical sense, but I think that that tone is a bit darker. Even if you don't know what the lyrics are, you kind of sense something's a little different than a, a typical skate punk band. So it's kind of curious as like how that sound even came about. So when, when a lot of times when we'll get like a, a finished song, um, they're like, all right, Tone, it's your turn. So, you know, I will we'll kind of do a live recording. Um, I'll listen to it a bunch and, and a lot of times I will have an idea of, of what I want to write about. Um, and then I really do just try and cater it to how the song feels um, and what I want to say in that moment, really. Um, I rarely, uh, I rarely write in the first person. Like I don't really like to write too much about myself. I'll, I'll, I'll write a lot from someone else's standpoint. Sure. Um, or, you know, more of a, a just a general overall topic. I, I find it a little easier to do that. Um, that makes me sound like, oh, I, I, I can't write about myself, but no, I, I mean, no, that's boring. Yeah. Huh? Well, I, I think a lot of people, well, let's put it this way. When certain bands write about themselves, and I'll just use an example of like Dashboard Confessional, for example, right? So like... Mm-hmm. You can hear catharsis through the music of Dashboard Confessional, right? Pain, agony, kind of a therapeutic thing going on for Chris Caraba. I personally have never been a fan of that band. Tons of people love that band. Now, I love other bands that have a very similar construct and write very similarly, but for whatever reason, just never like Dashboard Confessional. So there is something about that, you know, connection through self-therapy and catharsis, right? But at the other, at the end of the day, if you don't connect with that, then it can be completely alienating. So you might be throwing people off who might like the sound otherwise. Right. So there's kind of that, like, you know, I get like how, you know, the more intimate of lyrics that you write, kind of you're, you're pushing closer towards your, you know, ideal fans. But then at the same time, if you don't feel like you have that, you know, that super personality, that cult of personality, like a Chris Caraba might, what's really the point of talking about yourself so much? Cause sometimes you just come off like an arrogant asshole. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more with that, but yeah, like, but some of the, some of the, so we both that agree that dashboard confessional is not good. Is that what you're saying? Oh, Hey, <laughs> easy now. No, I, I love a good amount of that man's music. Um, yeah. Not all of it. Yeah. A good fair amount of it. <laughs> no, I'm a I like that. 
I like that Spider-Man song. That's a good one. <laughs> it's a comic book guy. Yeah, of course you love Dashboard Confessional. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I was just going to say, is there anything about the sound? Like, do you know why it's darker? Is that just some, kind of something that has come well, out naturally? musically, that was, that was a song where it started off very different. It was a completely different song. And then one day we came into practice and I literally feel like I went out to my car to grab a water. And by the time I came back in, it was a completely rewritten song. And it, it was just, uh, it had power. And I'm like, this is the heaviest thing we've ever done. If we don't finish the song, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah. Um, but then in terms of lyrics, those lyrics I had actually, to be completely honest, I had had those for a while, but I didn't have a song for it. I didn't have the right song for it. And when I when we made this song, I'm like, I found it. It's perfect. This is perfect. So I threw it on there. It worked, and it just it uh, it, it kind of gave us that spark again. And then once we really solidified things with bringing in our new guitar player, Mikal, um, he just elevated everything to the next level with that. Um, but in terms of lyrics, for the words and everything. What it means is it's it's a huge nod to basically everybody we all grew up with going to yeah. shows and you know making an effort and and playing in bands being a part of shows putting on shows everything like that um pretty much saying you know we miss it too and it doesn't really have to die and it doesn't have to be over um but we understand that it's hard and how you said you know like being in a band at, at men of our age um Things get in the way, you know, yeah. um, family, life obligations, everything like that. So, you know, we're still making the effort, you know, it's not, we're not able to all give 120,000%, but, you know, we're still doing it. Yeah. I think about like the days when I was like, you know, in high school and stuff, right? So like most of the bands that anybody knew were maybe 10 years older than me, maybe 15 years older than me at most. So if I'm 16, 17 years old, we're talking about early 30s guys. I didn't really think of bands that were over 30, except for maybe like the Rolling Stones, you know, <laughs> you know, Aerosmith, kind of like those bands from like the heavy metal or the, the, mm -hmm. the not the, the hair metal, hair, hair band phase, you know, Guns N' Roses, stuff like that. But there wasn't a ton. You didn't think like, hey, there's guys down the road playing in a band that are like 35 years old, even though there absolutely were. But now it seems like it's kind of more commonplace for, I guess, middle-aged men to just go out and have a side thing as a, as a, you know, punk musician. Now that was unheard of probably 25 years ago. Now it's like, Absolutely. we're all just kids. We're just older now. <laughs> yeah. I, well then if you weren't, you know, you made it big, if you were a sessionist, you know, or if you yeah. were, you know, a touring revolving door musician, you know, and people can still do that. But like our generation, you know, the millennials, Sure, there there are plenty who do it that way and all that, but we, a lot of us didn't. <laughs> you know, it's VFWs, teen centers, um, yep. you know, backyard pavilions. You know, anything you can get our hands on just to just to hang out and play music together. That's yeah. You know, it's where I came from. It's you know, a lot of us we're at with it. You know, a lot of us. Some of us are. We realize how much older we are and how different it is, but like you can still have that feel. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to be the same. You know, it's, it's not, I don't want to say, oh, punk rock is dead. Come on. Let's be real. That's not. Yeah. 
one of these days punk rock will be dead but then like so will every other kind of music and the robots will just enslave us all or something ai yeah, will take over yeah, yeah. <laughs> ai music it'll just be it'll be that dial-up sound from back in the 1990s of like that'll be like the hit song is like um but yeah i mean obviously you know we're the difference i think now is historically music has always been kind of pushed at young adults right like to make a hit record you need to sell it to 18 year olds 17 year olds 20 year olds right that has always been the key buying demographic for music and i've told many guests and many of my friends i'm like the problem with the music industry isn't that the streaming necessarily exists it's the fact that even when people could buy stuff people once they got to like 30 years old stopped buying music almost entirely at least of new bands right like yeah. they'll buy pink floyd's greatest hits seven times over but they won't buy you know the new band that's playing that's actually pretty good mm -hmm. so that's i tell people like you know even the intro of this this uh podcast that says like rock music isn't dead you just stop paying attention because generally speaking once people get out of high school or college they just stop listening to new music and only go back to that phase of their life when they you know, music was still good. And I'm like, music's still good. There's a lot There's so many good bands that you've never heard of because you don't take the time out of your day to just press play or, you know, search or do anything like that or listen to stuff yeah. like this, you know? Um, so it's always my pleasure to have people like you here. So that way I can, you know, say, Hey, listen to this band, this band's fucking awesome. Like go check them out. If you like, you know, this band over here, you might like them. Um, but you know, speaking of the, the song, the sound, which, you just talked about, and it was really funny because I was going to have had a note like, well, let's talk about the sound. So I was going to, at the end, kind of throw you a curveball and be like, so what's the song a sound about? You know, like in uh, Zoolander when he's like, but why male models? And then he tells him the whole thing. And then at the end, he's like, but why male models? He's like, are you kidding? I mean, it just told you the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just to, like see if you'd be like, so what's that song a sound about? And you're just like, what the? What the? No. It's not punked. Sound. You just got punked. <laughs> Um, but no, I do want to actually play that song for people so they can actually hear it. So um, this song has just been released. You can go check it out across all the streaming platforms, but we're going to play it right here. Do you have your permission to play this song during this uh, episode? So that way YouTube and Spotify don't take a shit and take the episode down? Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah, my full permission. All right. So right now we're going to take the break. Listen to the song, The Sound, from the new 22 EP. And when we come back, I'm going to put Tony in the spotlight with some hot seat questions and see if I can throw him off his game a little bit. The Power by Rock podcast will return right after this.
Welcome back to the Power by Rock podcast. I'm here with Tony Connor from 22. I'm going to attempt to ask him some hot tweets, hot hot tweet sessions, some hot seat questions that might make him sweat or cringe or maybe annoy him. We'll see. Uh, Tony, you ready to be put in the spotlight? I am. <laughs> All right. So the first question, uh, we talked about this a little bit in the first segment, but uh, you basically said, you know, the, the name wasn't part of the decision you made, but I'm going to ask you about the band name. I normally don't do this because I think it's just dumb. Like most band names don't really mean that much, but there's a reason why I'm going to ask about it. So the name itself obviously is awfully close to a few other bands out there, including a band named 20 with the word 20. And then the number two from Canada, mm -hmm. who's actually, I think on um, thousand Island records or people of punk rock records, one of those Canadian punk rock album or uh, labels okay. out there, but your name actually on the actual label looks like the 22 caliber, which is specifically a type of gun. So I know that you don't think that there's a reference or you may not know that there's a reference, but what does the number or the name 22 and sometimes I see it written all under, under K or lowercase with a dot at the end and sometimes not. So mm -hmm. is there really some symbology with your name? Is it just to try to differentiate yours from the other ones or why was that name chosen to be that way? So I know that when thinking of, either the name or spelling or anything like that we had no thoughts about anybody else who would have been named whatever we were coming up with yeah um i know that much about that um but the decision on the on the name 22 i have no idea but our bass player i know has numerous theories about 22 pretty much how 22 is everything 22 the world kind of a thing and um Every now and then we'll just go on a tirade or, you know, we'll, we'll get a text and um, it'll be from any one of us with, with 22, just in whatever out in the real world and what 22 world, you know, so he just, he has this big theory and, you know, someday, you know, I can bring him on. We'll, we'll talk to him about it, but yeah, he so has it's kind of like that movie, the number 23 with Jim Carrey, but it's the number 22. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And it always comes up. <laughs> yeah. So pretty soon he's going to find out that he wrote a book about it and his moniker was top secrets. <laughs> yeah. That'd be, that'd be pretty freaking interesting. Like, Oh yeah. The whole time our basis was actually mentally unstable and we just didn't know. We just thought uh, it was a clever name for a band name. <laughs> oh, there, there's gotta be a band that is based on that. <laughs> 
All right. Question number two. I don't know that much about Lansdale, Pennsylvania, but from what I understand, it's a pretty small outlying city around Philadelphia, which probably is close enough to get to Philadelphia within a couple hours. Uh, but what's the music scene like in that area? Or do you just mostly like have to commute to Philadelphia to get any shows? And obviously when you play big shows, you got to go to Philadelphia, but like, do, is there actually like a supporting music scene within Lansdale? Yes. Yeah, so there has been a music scene in Lansdale for a very, very long time. There's actually um, a documentary that was just recently released about it. Um, unfortunately, the, the name's escaping me, but um, yes, for a very long time, I would say more than 30 years. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're, we're about 40 minutes from the city and I grew up in a neighboring town. And once I discovered Lansdale's music scene, I was just blown away and that's, where I wanted to be. Um, so then that's just kind of how my entrance into that music scene worked. Uh, but yeah, Lansdale has been around for a very long time. A lot of great bands, a lot of great people. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of it still. <laughs> nice. Was, uh, are, are there any bands that like when you were kind of growing up or like maybe even yes. recently as like peers that you're like, man, these, these bands are actually sweet. So, all of the bands that I will be mentioning are now long defunct. Um, bands like Fall From Heaven, Strike Back, The Minor Times, Inkling. Um, and a bunch and of other bands were not as good as those ones, obviously. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to go through the archive here. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, yeah. it's hard to think of them all on the spot. All right. Well, that's good enough. I mean, I'll have to write these all down, obviously, but we'll put those in the links or in the show notes below so that way people can go check out those bands too. Cause you know, that's one thing like, you know, talking to people in bands, there's other bands that they love and it's like, they probably also know good. They have good taste in music if they make good music. So it's nice to hear like other things. And we'll, we'll talk more about that obviously before the end of this show. But the question, number three question I have for you now, I don't know if you're a sports fan, but if you are, are you an Eagles fan? Of course, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I got my tray on here. Uh, go birds, oh boy! I feel like this. I feel like there's got to be some sort of like, um, what do you call it? Like a, uh, a mental health disorder diagnosis for Eagles fans or something like that. But I, I, I grew up a Washington fan, so I can't, I okay. can't say much. We we haven't been good since 1991, so um, <laughs> it's been fun to watch our team just bury itself in in terribleness, but. I, I'm curious because you probably sit in a similar position to me. So I would like to know this, the answer to this question. What's mm -hmm. harder to watch? The Eagles losing a Super Bowl, which has happened three times now, or watching the Dallas Cowboys win a Super Bowl? What's mm -hmm. harder to watch? Oh, it's uncomfortable to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> I would never want to watch the Dallas win. I would never want to watch Dallas win. Yeah. Anything. I'm the same. I actually tell people, I'm like, I think I hate Dallas more than I like Washington. Like, I'm not even sure that, <laughs> that like, I love Washington as much as I hate Dallas. Like, I would, even if I didn't have a favorite team, I would still hate Dallas more than any team. What's worse is Dallas fans here. Yeah. Oh, that's annoying. And they're like, it's oh, I've never even been to Texas. Like, why are you a Dallas fan then? This makes no sense. Why are you here? They have no reason. None. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, what, you don't even have any family in Texas or nothing? No, I just like Cowboys. Okay, well, you clearly have brain damage. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Question number four. What do you think is the hardest part about trying to make a career out of music these days? 
This one's a little bit more, maybe a longer, longer winded answer, but uh, you could have multiple ways of going about it. But what do you think is the hardest part about trying to make music a career these days? <sighs> Recognition. Just, I mean, it, it's even just talking about in the standpoint of the last couple of months for, for us as a band, we've had some of those you know, like big boy talks, you know, where it's like, okay, well, what are we doing with this? Where are we going? What's our end game? Blah, blah, blah. And it, it just thinking about all the nitty gritty that, that comes with it, it's terrifying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to be completely honest with you, it's terrifying. If, if you really just want to commit and be a musician and try and get big, like you really got to have the heart for that, you know? And it's, it, there's only a certain type of person who's really going to make it, um, you know, I, I don't mean to say that in terms of like, we don't all have that in us, but man, like thinking about some of the practicalities of it, I don't know if, I don't know if that's for me. I don't yeah. know if you're trying to make a full-fledged career. You know, you really got to work at it. You got to work real hard. You, you got to know the right people. You got you to do the right things. It's tough. Yeah. Especially yeah. as like a DIY band, if you have like no yeah. business experience, marketing, you know, uh, running, you know, accounting or even just things like, you know, common sense things, you know, don't spend more of the money than you have. Like don't spend all your money on one thing. Don't go on a six week road trip. If like right. you, none of you guys have any jobs and have no place to stay or whatever. It's like, you got to plan all this stuff out. Like there's gotta be a big decision made. And mm -hmm. yeah, I think the real, the, the, I think other than interpersonal relationships of a band, which obviously can cause rifts, the real rifts are usually, uh, caused because there's a lot to do and it's very hard to do it without like management or representation or something like that, doing all the little things for you, which yeah. almost never comes until you already have all that stuff going nowadays. Right. So, Oh yeah. Self-delegation is hell. It, yeah. It's uh, it's really hard. Um, yeah. you know, we, like, like I said, you know, we've just recently had to have those talks and we're, we're, we are delegating responsibilities and things like that. And it's, it's working. It's, of course it has its moments. It's, you know, it's, you're not just in a band with your friends. Like you're also trying to make decisions as a unit for, yeah. for what you're presenting. So, you know, whether that's, whether that's financial or creative or whatever, you know, y'all got to be on the same page, you know, and y'all have to have an understanding of what you guys want out of it all. Yeah. You know, what's, like, what, what are we doing this for? So as a side question, what would 16 year old version of Tony tell that version of Tony? <laughs> you're a sellout you scrub what are you doing <laughs> stop stop talking about business just go make good music shut up <laughs> well 16 year old me wow well, that's just i was probably <laughs> into uh old school hardcore and you know a lot of metal yeah so i i don't know maybe i would have listened to what i was doing and been like you what are you doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> You're you're doing the wrong things here, obviously. There's no breakdowns. What is, what is this? Where's the drum solo? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean it's just weird because like when I was when I was growing up, I, I played in a band in North Dakota. So like there was no almost zero chance that I'm ever gonna get out of there making music as a career as a punk band, right? Like you want to start a country band, sure I can potentially <laughs> right, that right. but punk band, it was like this is not going to happen. So I was trying to decide like, Hey, do you guys like, you know, the, the drummer and the guitar or the bass player from, from our band is like, do you guys want to do this a little bit longer? Or, you know, we are pretty much all going to college because we didn't yeah. see a future because 
back then, the only way we knew how to get, you know, anything was to get on a record label. And there wasn't a record label within like 500 miles of us. So that's just not happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, who do you even tour with in the Midwest? That's around North Dakota. Like you have to then move to Minneapolis or, right. you know, Denver maybe or something like that and figure it out or Chicago. And that's a big commitment itself. So, you know, I, I pretty much was stunted by the lack of opportunity. Now there's not really a lack of opportunity because with streaming, everybody can be found, but now it's like an oversaturation and a kind of, um, you know, it's, it's almost too easy to find people. So now everybody does it, but then how did anybody stand out? So now that's like the opposite thing. Like you can't be discovered because it's too easy now. It was too hard before. So you can't be discovered now. It's too easy. So you can't be discovered. So it just drives me crazy that there's like no in between. There, it's whenever this topic comes up and any kind of conversation, I, I always feel the need to bring this up. I'll never forget the time and place where I realized that the internet has taken over music. And while I knew it was going to be awesome, I immediately knew this is going to be terrible for music <laughs> as a whole. You know, just in that regard, in 2005, I discovered uh, um, a friend showed me Panic at the Disco. Mm -hmm. And I found out that that kid lived in Utah and did everything with, I think, a friend or two in his bedroom yeah. and then just left because he was discovered on the internet. Yeah. And once I figured that out, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be huge and catastrophic. Yeah. So doing it now, like things with like Spotify and, you know, all the streaming platforms, it's so different. I just remember when the iPod was like innovative. <laughs> yep. Yep. You could have 6 million songs on your device right here. It's like, well, now you don't even need to download stuff. It doesn't even matter. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you know, same thing. Like Billie Eilish was just doing music in her bedroom. Yeah. Uh, Justin Bieber essentially was discovered because of yep. some viral videos. Uh, you know, sure, it works for pop music. It doesn't work for the rest of the genres. <laughs> it works for pop music, maybe hip hop, because those are like the two most popular versions of music out there. But rock bands don't get discovered that way. Like, Nobody seems to care that you can be a guitar virtuoso and make really good songs when you're 15 years old anymore. It's yeah. like, I don't know. You're not making, you're not making rap or, you know, uh, popular, popular kind of flashier songs. So what do we care? Like <laughs> anybody like, can well, play guitar now. Even with like TikTok and reels, you know, I'll always get advertised bands and more than half the time I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't yeah. care. There's been one, there's been one that I've been like, Oh, this is really good. That's it. You know? Yeah. And that's been, couple years <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah exactly it's like the algorithms are not giving you what you what you would like so it doesn't really make sense for people to even advertise on these platforms because you're not hitting the right people most of the time right so it's well, pretty crazy what you're saying like i'm over 30 you know i'm not I, unfortunately there's a big part of me that's not going to be inclined to want to go out and listen to something new as much yeah you know that's terrible to say but works me just where my head's at you know yeah <laughs> I, I can't be alone in that <laughs> yeah yeah i know and that's the hard part about making new music is like and actually this is right. an in interesting point here right so i had a, a friend uh a person who i knew at the time uh about 10 years ago he was like why do people even play in their own bands like why don't they just play in cover bands because that's all people want to hear and i was like where the fuck do you think those cover songs came from do you think they just have existed for 100 years 2000 years no somebody created them in their own original band like that's how those things become famous it's like what are you talking about yeah 
But that's oh, the, uh, you go to any karaoke now and you're, you're hearing music that from, from when I was a kid, you know, yeah. everyone's singing th those songs now. And yeah. It's not, it's, it's, it all comes back, you know? Yeah. You just got to wait 20 years for your band to be good. That's all. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Last question in the hot seat. Question number right. five, what four musicians would you put on your personal Mount Rushmore of musicians? Somebody that's either you know influential or just one of your favorites. It doesn't have to be this, you know, they don't have to create a band together. They don't have to play together. It could be four singer songwriters, it could be four drummers, whatever, but four musicians on your Mount Rushmore. All right. Um, Scott Weiland will be first. Okay. Stone Temple Pilots. Rest um, in peace, Scott. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Ozzy. Okay. Rest in peace, Ozzy. No, I was kidding. <laughs> He's still alive somehow, I think. Unless, careful. careful. <laughs> unless I'm missing something from today. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Max Collins from Eve 6. Okay. Interesting choice. This is turning and out last weird already, but okay. I like it. No, no. I'm a little weird, especially musically. And last will be uh, Nathan Gray from Boy Sets Fire. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think I've ever listened to them before. So that's a new one that I don't even have to go check out too. Who? Boy so, Sets Fire? What did you say? Who? Boy Sets Fire? Yeah. I've never really listened to them. Oh, they're great. Yeah. I know of them. I, you know, I literally heard of them for probably, what, 15, 20 years. And I even <laughs> ask people like, you know, I'll interview or I'll, pull some of our audience sometimes like from my email list and somebody said that was their favorite album or favorite band of all time i was like really that's an interesting one i was like i know of this band but i've never listened to them so i just maybe i'll have to go check them out now they're in my top five for sure <clears throat> nice very cool well that's it the spotlight's off hopefully uh you know that wasn't too uh too intense or anything and we don't have to like you know, you're not going to fly here to Vegas to try to find me or anything, but uh, we're going to come back after this in just a few moments to wrap things up and see what Tony and 22 are basically going to be doing in the near future. So stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. Reverend Guitars embodies the idea that every run of scorching lead and every roll of finger-picked twang deserve the same passion and commitment to quality. Whether you're selling out arenas or playing in your living room, we know that what makes an instrument powerful is when players wield them to create something remarkable. A melody that moves mountains. A riff that just won't quit. We want to be there in your hands when that happens. For us, that means staying true to what we believe. Somewhere along the road of electric guitar history, it became a crazy idea that guitar makers should craft guitars with the same sense of purpose and passion, whether they're played in a bedroom or an arena. If that's a wild idea, then we're in the right place. Carrying six strings and an attitude, and we're in good company. Reverend Guitars. Well played. Running your own music career is incredibly difficult. Trying to get people to like, share, comment, listen, follow, it's all just overwhelming. Most musicians give up before they ever achieve success, and that's the worst. If you're looking for a better way to grow your music career, head to DIYRockCareer.com for some absolutely free training. It costs you nothing, and it could be the difference between hitting your goals and quitting your dream. Go to DIYRockCareer.com today by clicking the link below this episode. Then I lost my way. Welcome back to the Power by Rock podcast. I'm here with Tony from 22 to talk about what's on the horizon for the band this year. All right, so let's talk about what you guys have coming up because obviously we have talked about that you guys have the new song, The Sound, out already. And people have been able to listen to that on the show today. That came out a couple of days ago. 
um, and they can go stream that. But you also have some new songs coming up and you have some new shows. We did mention that they'll probably the ones that you've currently got for this weekend will be passed by the time people hear this. But um, let us know kind of what's coming up, what's on the horizon for 22 this year. All right. So, um, yeah, we do have we have four total songs coming out over the course of um, a, a fair amount of the year. Um, first is the sound. Um, the next one should be out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so, you know, we'll, put, we'll be putting up some uh, some reels and things out for that. Uh, but in terms of shows, you know, we do have the two that I said this weekend, Kung Fu Necktie and The Yard and Ambler. Uh, after that, we do have uh, one or two things in the works for July. Um, and I know that we're looking to to get back into the studio again uh, very soon. Um, you know, we have a lot of material and we really want to get it out there. So we're, our main focus is to you know, get as much as we can in terms of material and get it recorded, get it out there and try and play out as much as we can. So, nice. you know, anybody who wants us, let us know. Yeah. And then are you obviously, are you trying to build up towards an album or are you just guys going to be releasing singles for now to kind of try to build? Uh, for now we're doing singles. Um, we haven't really talked about what we're, what we want to do later on. Um, right now we're just pretty focused on, on getting what we have out and, you know, getting what we still have out, uh, eventually. So yeah. we're looking to get everything there, you know? Nice. Are there, are there any bands around in the, the area that you guys have known or that you kind of want to get, kind of play shows with again, or, or is this something like you just kind of feeling the, the situation out right now? Uh, so it's always good to play with local acts within our area. Um, it, it lets us know that, you know, we're all still here and, you know, maybe we can build more. So that's, that's definitely in the cards with it is hopefully making sure that, you know, more bands come out, you know, even if it's from the tri-state area or, or whatever to know that, you know, we're even just us as a band or, you know, us as a couple local bands, we're, we're still trying to keep a scene together, um, you know, or at least keep things going in our scene. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say, obviously you know, you recorded the first EP with Pete from Bouncing Souls, but I feel like if the Bouncing Souls had to, you know, choose how many, like for how many bands Pete's recorded and produced over the years, like if they're like, hey, let's bring some of these bands on tour, they'd be like, there's like 600 of these bands. Like, how are we supposed to like choose? <laughs> so it's like, that'd be great to play for the Bouncing Souls as an opening act, but the, uh, oh, absolutely. And the uh, you know, the, the selection process would be a bit of a lottery, I think at this point. <laughs> he's done a lot yeah he's recorded a lot it's a great that was a great place yeah no yeah everybody who i've talked to i mean it's like for punk bands it seems like there's three places to record for most bands so east coast a lot of the times it's with pete over in new jersey mm -hmm. um you know kind of mountain midwest you definitely want to go to the blasting room and even somewhat west coast and then if you're in california you're working with um cameron can't remember his name for some reason, his last name for some reason, but he's been working with all the SoCal bands for like okay. years. So it's like, you know, these are the three guys that if you want to work with a producer, like they're, they're doing a lot. And then obviously yeah. with uh, um, Casey from Belvedere up in Canada, a lot of people are working with him. So Ooh. I feel like these names keep coming up and keep coming up and there's probably good reason for that. So they keep making good music. So one well, of these I'll days, uh, who we've been have been recording with uh is matt brash from the yeah. wonder years and yep. it's you know i've recorded with a fair amount of people and it was a very i don't want to say relaxing because relaxing is not the right word but like it was a very easygoing process you know 
you get pushed where you need to get pushed and, and he makes everything come out right. You know, um, yeah. he's looking for great product and so are we. So it, it really worked out. So, yeah. In the wonder years, I mean, they're fantastic. Like they're one of those bands that when you listen to me, you're like, holy shit, how do you guys keep making such good music? I don't understand it. <laughs> they haven't quit. You know, they, yeah. they don't have any quit in them and, and I couldn't be happier about it. You know, they, they, they come from our scene and they, a lot of, um, for a long time, they were like, oh, well, they're the Wonder Years, they're the joke band, and until they weren't, you know, and then yeah. everyone needed to be like, okay, well, this is what they're doing, you know, and yeah. it's just, it's just skyrocketing. And, and I, I remember, like, when they first came out, like, the band name kind of put me off a little bit, I was like, yeah, it's kind of like using that, the show and stuff, sure. and I was like, whatever, but then I was like, you know, I listened to them, and I was like, okay, I can see how this could be, you know, dashboard confessional type of emo at first, and then I was like, at the same time, it rocks really hard, so I'm like, I don't know what to think of it. So then I kind of left it on a shelf for a few years and I came back to it and I was like, they're still making some pretty good music, but I still don't know what to make of it. Then I'm like, then, you know, I'll keep going back to it, you know, every few years. But then this last album, I'm like, holy shit, like this last album that they just did was like fucking amazing. I was like, wow, okay. So I guess I just needed to get to a place where I was appreciating the music more than them putting out good music because they've been putting out good music the whole goddamn time. I was just not in a position to like, really understand like how good it was i suppose and i was like man these guys are phenomenal so yeah i think it's hard to come around on a band where you've kind of like put it in your head like yeah yeah like, yeah. Oh, i don't want to like them i don't want to like them. that's really yep. good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly it's like uh, you well, know, that was every band <laughs> and you've also been burned by other bands like i thought fallout boys first album was pretty good and i was like oh this band's got something going and then all of a sudden they went super pop and i was like oh this band fucking sucks now i don't want to listen to this anymore <laughs> That band has three out. That band has three albums. Yeah, that's it. It stops at a at a file under the court tree. Yeah, that's it. And then, who gives a shit? <laughs> Although I will say, he ironically, Pete's uh, Wentz Stump, or whatever. Pete, no, uh, Patrick Stump. Excuse me. Oh my god. Okay, yeah. Patrick Stump does all of the music for Spidey and Friends. Interesting. Actually, I knew that because I, I've listened to it because I have a two-year-old son. So I was like, I'm pretty sure this is like Fall Out Boy or something. My son's three. So yeah, yeah. it's the fact that like I'm listening to Fall Out Boy while watching Spider-Man with my son is kind of a, you know, a mind F. So yeah, that's pretty cool. There's a lot of punk bands and rock bands like, you know, Bowling for Soup did, uh, Phineas and Ferb. Uh, right. Uh, they might be giants that done like the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like some of these bands like They'll probably make more from that than they have from most of their albums. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. That's the music industry. If you want to be successful in the music industry, start working with music and film because you'll make a lot more money probably. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, we'll add some links to the music and to your social media, obviously below in the show notes. And people obviously want to go check that out. But uh, do you have anything else that you want to plug, shout out, or anything else that you want to say before we go today? Uh, no, just, um, you know, if you're in the Philadelphia or Lansdale area and, you know, you're looking to come to a show, seek us out. Or if you have a show in yeah. the area, let us know. Yeah. Play for, play for beer. That's, that's play the for, old, uh, play for beer, the play for beer tour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, like I said, we're just looking to, you know, play great shows with, uh, with great friends. That's all we're looking nice. to do. Let's have some fun. Mm -hmm. One last question before we sign off. Just one yeah. suggestion. What new music would you recommend? Either a new band, new album. Like you said, you're, you're past 30, so you're not listening to as much new music these days. But uh, one new band, one new album, one new song. Other than, obviously, you guys, uh, who would you say? For me, um, it would actually be 
a band called Sunspin. Okay. It's uh, fronted by Michael Rosenbaum, who, if you watched Smallville, he played Lex Luthor. Yep. Um, it's great. Uh, okay. I don't typically listen to the, the style of music, but it just speaks to me. And it's great. <laughs> Interesting. Kind of, it's probably similar to my obsession with Jason Schwartzman and his music because Jason Schwartzman's been in all these Wes Anderson movies, Rushmore and all this stuff. Yeah. And he he good a, too. Coconut Records was like his side project for years. And I was like, fucking love this. I don't know why. Yeah. But like, just great music. Absolutely. Not particularly my jam, a genre or anything, but the way he plays it, I was like, fucking love it. So, yeah. There's something about knowing that it's, that you know who the actor is. Yeah. There's something that, that just kind of speaks to you initially about that, and it just helps you appreciate it a little bit more. Yeah, like, if this weirdo could make some really good music, like, that would be interesting. And then they do, and you're like, okay, well, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, I do want to thank you so much, Tony, from 22, for being on the show today. Thank you for your time. Thanks for speaking with us and letting everybody know about the new, new songs and all that. Um, go check out the show notes below this episode to get the links to the music and the social media. Obviously, go check them out. Go listen to the music. Remember that the podcast, uh, Powered by Rock podcast is powered by our listeners. So to show us some support, please be sure to subscribe and share the podcast on social media as well. You can also click below to make a donation to the podcast. It's not necessary, but always helpful to make us help us keep making awesome episodes with awesome guests like Tony here. You can see the full video interview on our YouTube channel and Spotify as well. If you want to check out some of our awesome content or merch and gear, head to PoweredByRock.com to see what's good there. That's our show for today. I'll see you soon for the next episode. Until then, rock on. Oh,